Welcome to the Ingrained and Balanced Podcast, a place where busy adults can find the knowledge and inspiration to get back on track to living a healthier, well-balanced lifestyle. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Ingrained and Balanced Podcast. We have another great show for you today. We're actually going to be talking to a couple fellow podcast hosts. They've got an incredible podcast called Nourish Noshes. Um, it's actually two women, great friends of ours. Um, can't wait to share some of their, their content with you guys. Uh, their names are Debbie and Wendy. Uh, let me give you a little insight on them, okay? They're both health and wellness coaches, inspirational speakers, like I said, podcast hosts. Their mission is to help people create balance through optimized nutrition and key habits to creating authentic vitality. Love that term, authentic vitality, and we use that. A little bit of a background, they're both nationally board certified health and wellness coaches who work with individuals, professionals, athletes, families, and businesses, helping people navigate the complex world of wellness, okay? They actually authored books, like I said, the podcast, um, incredible website, they do some, some public speaking as well, but it's their mission to help make the world a healthier place. Since 2008, they've been health advocates of living a vibrant and thriving life, helping their clients do the same with their five foundations of health philosophy, which include quality nutrition, sleep, movement, mindset, and connection. I mean, we talk about a lot of good stuff in this episode. Hopefully, you're going to have some stuff to relate to. We're just going to jump right into it. So without any further ado, let's do this. All right, there they are, Debbie, Wendy. How are you? Thanks again for joining us. How are you guys today? Fabulous. Yes, absolutely great. Yeah. Awesome. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, Marty's in the in the on the side over here joining us. Um, hello, ladies. We've been talking and been about some different questions we're going to ask you guys. We're really interested because I, I think I told you guys that our our eating habits. We don't say diet, but we say eating habits right. are different with Marty and I. We're going to jump into that a little bit later. But before I do, I have one quick question. We like to ask everybody on the show, what is something, what's that daily habit that both of you guys, maybe different or the same habit that you practice in the morning every day that you did today? All right, I'll go first. I had meditation is, is something that it, it is a non-negotiable for me. After my water, I do the meditation, and um, I've been doing it now seven years, and it just it's something that serves me, and I have found that it kicks off my day beautifully. And me, it's that, that thermos of hot water and a walk in the morning every day. Interesting. What, what, what's, if, I, if I can ask, why hot water? I, usually when I think of it, I, I would think of cold water. Well, y perhaps you might. Well... We're in New Jersey, so it's winter and it's cold. <laughs> so that's the number one reason. I don't drink hot water in the summertime. Oh, okay, okay. I will drink uh, room temperature water in the summertime, but not cold. Now, I've heard this before. Like, I've been told, oh, you should drink your water room temperature, not cold. <laughs> why, why is that? I want to get rid of the word should, first of all. <laughs> should it, that's terrible. I just should on myself. That's terrible. Right. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> And and it's it's controversial to be honest. I mean, some people will say that that that's not true, and some people will say it's absolutely true, depending on who you are. Eastern medicine believes that we should drink everything, either room temperature or warm. 
And Western medicine doctors say there's doesn't matter. It doesn't affect you either way. Just drink water. Why does Eastern medicine say room temperature or warmth? Because generally, a cold water would shock the system. You know, our insides are about 96 degrees, 97 degrees, and cold water just kind of is a, it's a shock to the system. It also slows things down. That's my belief, too, that if I, when I drink cold water, it just kind of, kind of, I guess not freezes up, but it sort of just shuts things down a little bit slower. So one of the things that we discuss with our clients is if you love ice water, and you don't want to drink warm water, just because there's a study that says warm water could be beneficial for you, if you're not going to do it, <laughs> or if you love ice water and you continue to drink ice water, water is wonderful for us. So just keep drinking ice water. Yeah. And <laughs> My fiance has been trying to convert me to room temperature water now for about a year and a half. So if you guys converted me today, I'd probably be in big trouble. So I feel good about converting. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I told you guys, Marty's one that it's hard to get him to change things, but if we yeah. sell him on it, give it a shot. Right. That's right. Well, people sold me on meditation for years before <laughs> I said, I think I want to try. I would just want to experiment. And that's something that we talk with our clients about all the time is you need to experiment with what feels right for you right now in this point of time in, in your journey of life. And we are a constant experiment. And if we lose the experiment, if we get too rigid with our thinking and with our habits, um, maybe we won't see some things. Maybe we won't be open to something that could be a better service if we become too, too tight. So my meditation in the morning feels really good to me right now. It's something I'm still exploring, different kinds of meditation, different timing with music, without music, all by myself. And sometimes I drink coffee while I meditate. Some people would say, and you are meditating. <laughs> you know what? It's my practice. And um, I, I think that there's not a right or wrong way to do things. We need to find our own. It's so important. That's a big part of what we say is, you know, it, everybody's body's different. The way your body's going to respond to a, an exercise, you know, routine or a type of food, it's, but you have to, I think my mantra is just keep trying, trying different things because you're going to, you'll notice if you're in tune with your body and hopefully, you know, that's the whole goal is living a well-balanced life. The more well-balanced your life is, the more in tune you are to be able to read what's working, what's not working. Where people, they get discouraged right away is they don't feel benefits right away or they don't feel, you know, that, that light switch go off. So they're like, oh, it doesn't work for me. Well, it's because you're not in tune with your body yet. You first have to get in tune with your body. And the more in tune you are with it, the more you're able to recognize the positives and negatives of new things. So we're attuned to quick fixes and our, our current way of thinking is we we want quick fix. We expect the quick fix. And our body um, needs time. We didn't get where we are today at the age we are today overnight. It It is our 53. Debbie and I are both 53 at the time of this podcast recording. And we got where we are moment to moment, day to day, month to month, year to year. So to expect 
the belly to immediately go away. That's a perfect segue to my next question is okay. uh, your guys' journey and where you guys met is so interesting because, you know, we've t- talked to some people on the show and, you know, they've been, this has been their life's work, their profession for years. And what I find interesting and, and what caught me to you guys was you weren't different walks of life. And some things happened in your your story, you know, your life where you wanted to explore a little bit more and learn a bit more about nutrition and the benefits. And and that's where you guys, like, can you talk a little bit about that? My backstory is that um, I was raised pretty in a, in a pretty healthy um, household. My mom was keyed into some, he- some health things that a lot of average families weren't. So I kind of got into it that way with health-minded um, practices in my High school buddies used to make fun of me at lunch because I was eating things that they didn't recognize. But um, so, so that was just part of who I was always. But my real health journey started when I was trying to get pregnant. And at the time, I was working in a library. Um, I was a literacy coordinator and literacy program coordinator, and I had a lot of downtime. So I went up to the stacks in the books and started looking at health books to say, why can't I get pregnant? I'm young. I'm healthy. What's going on? This doesn't make any sense. This unexplained infertility that they gave me. And that's where I found holistic health. That was a term I hadn't heard of before. And so all the books on this one section were all about holistic health with all different kinds of modules like acupuncture and uh, naturopathic medicine and eating real whole foods and all this stuff that I, I knew of in here, but I didn't know had titles or names to it. And so I started getting into more of that kind of stuff and I got pregnant <laughs> without any intervention. So, I mean, I was still in my first career. I ended up being a teacher um, of, of college English, but I had this passion about health and I had my kids and I was trying to raise my kids to be the healthiest kids in the world and came across somebody who said, you know what, there's this school, it's called the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, you, it'd be perfect for you. And I was like, there's a school like that? <laughs> exactly, exactly what I'm looking for. And that's where I met Wendy. That's, I love that story. That's great. <laughs> and how about you, Wendy? What brought you to signing up for that particular you know, certification course? Yeah, I spent my first 15 years um, of adulting in corporate America. And my first 10 years were fabulous, wonderful, a joy. Uh, my last two or three were not. Um, I was one of those burned out corporate 70 hour work week, you know, bragging about not sleeping, bragging about taking clients out to dinners. And um, I left that world kind of on the floor, uh, not not doing not feeling that great. And uh, migraines were a big thing for me. Um, Not sleeping well was a big thing for me. Having a bad attitude was the thing for me. Um, And so I decided not to stay in corporate America. I had gone to a yoga studio and someone was talking about real whole food and feeling good. And I had always eaten pretty well. Um, A lot of story about that. But um, I, I heard this talk about real food and that nourishing me. And uh, that next day, my husband uh, ran across the IIN ad, and I did too, the very same day. And he came home and he's like, you got to go to this school. This is fabulous. And then 
I did, met Debbie, and a couple years later, my husband went as well, and he's got his certification as well. So, Oh, does yeah. he really? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were migraines something that you had had when you were younger? And it sounds like when you made these changes in your, in your lifestyle and nutrition and, and overall health, they, did they disappear? Did they become less frequent, less severe? Like, can you talk a little bit about that? Because to me, yeah. as someone who's never had headaches or migraines, I didn't think they were, at, at, I'm going to admit at one point, I didn't really think they were a thing. Like I thought, like I'd only known them like as kids, it, like there was a kid in, in, in school and he was like, oh, I didn't finish my paper. I had a migraine. So I didn't, <laughs> oh, wait a second. You have migraines every, every time there's like a, a, a you know, a paper due. What, what's up with that? <laughs> We all get migraines for that. As I, you know, had more experience in life, and I saw the effect of migraines, including things like, you know, causing people to, you know, to throw up, causing people yes. to, you know, I mean, pass out, causing people like literally, like, I need to go to the hospital type of like, right? Wow, like I, it completely changed my mind about, oh my god, like I, I need to think differently about migraines and as a, as a real and very damaging thing. So I would love to hear some of your story about, you know, how they came about or, or. Right. You could talk about that. I still get them randomly. It is cyclical for me. So there are many different kinds of migraines. Mine is um, directly connected to my hormones. So it was pretty frequent when I um, was having my period. But when I ate better, when I moved my body especially, and when I slept better, they were less frequent, less often. Um, there are things that do trigger it for sure, bright lights and that, you know, that sort of thing. But they were debilitating for a little while. I did, mi I remember missing work one day because of my migraine. It's a real thing and it's difficult and um, lifestyle absolutely changed it for me. Again, they have not completely gone away. My grandmother had them. My mom had them. I have them. For me, it's a piece of hereditary. Yeah. So, and I know as I get older, they'll probably stop completely. And and when you say it, your lifestyle changes, you think have have helped them? Do you think it's nutrition? Do you think it's meditation? Do you think it's not working seventy hours a week? I mean, I would yes, that helps. But <laughs> yes, but what do you think helped you? Well, the answer is yes, and so yes, not working that those hours. Yes, mindset. Yes, meditation. Yes, my food choices. Yes, getting out in the sunlight. Yes experiencing nature and going on walks and becoming strong, physically strong, all of those things have a direct effect on me feeling better overall and having less migraines. So it's, it's all of them. I know that so many of our clients have come to us with, if I do this thing, do you think I'll not have that thing anymore? And the answer is, Yes, and always yes, and because we're, we're we're looking for the one thing always. It's just our human nature too, and it's what the advertising promises, right? I was, I was going to say it's not just human nature. Like we've gotten really good at convincing people 
oh, there's a pill for that. Yeah. Well, oh, wait yeah. a second. Let me sell yeah. you this, you know, this little nugget of advice that only I can give you that is going to solve your, you know, problem very magically, very easily, very quickly, as yeah. long as you give me X amount of dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. As long as we preach what we were talking about, there's no quick fixes. If it's about mindset, knowing that you got to put in the work and adapt changes in your lifestyle to address almost any ailments I think as humans, we all experience, you know? Uh, right. It's funny. We don't preach enough. We talk about that, you know, getting out in nature and getting sunlight and, and we haven't talked enough about this, but I always say to get out of your norm, bring on a different habit. And if you can, and you're in a place and the environment's right, make sure that habit is outside. This is a way you get the sunlight you need. And you're also you know, creating some excitement in you whenever I think your body experiences things it's not used to. For instance, really quick, a couple of years ago, I started going camping again because it was a way for me to kind of what we call go off the grid, disengage, right? Make sure I don't have any phones. My screen time goes down for the weekend. I'm outside getting fresh air. You have no choice but for 48 hours. I go for two days. So for 48 straight hours, I'm getting fresh air, sunlight, no stress, no worry. I'm not seeing what's in the news. And I come back so refreshed. Yep. But uh, I think that's about what you guys on your website, your five foundations of health, right? I think yep. if you try to address a little of those each day, do you want to talk about that and how you guys approach that with your clients um, in the beginning with the foundations of, of your philosophy? We came up with this because it's it's somewhat of a structure that we work with our clients, and it's it's, it's easy it's an easy structure for them to follow and check in on. And so the five foundations being food, nutrition that's the first one, sleep, movement, mindset, and connection. So we believe those five things, and of course there are more things we can concentrate on, but those basic five things, if you just keep on top of those things, keep keep doing stuff within those things, keep 1% better a little bit every day on those things, you're going to feel better overall. And we came across that structure because it really is something that people can grab onto and use as in our check-in. So it's like every time we say, okay, let's check in what's going on. And we go through the five foundations um, or which, which of the five foundations do you want to work on um, this week? Um, do you want to choose one and really concentrate on one? Or do you want to you know, use a few, whatever it is, but it's it's that kind of a structure. And um, we actually started with four and added the connection probably about four or five years ago before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic really brought it home because people really are understanding what connection really is and why we need it. And that really is is a huge part of our well-being and our health and our longevity. And so we can't ignore that. And that's, it's, it's, so some people may say, what does that have to do with, you know, health and wellness? Uh, but it, it really does. Absolutely Jeez. does. Can we emphasize that a little bit? Guys don't talk about connection. Now guys connect, right. you know, they but do. guys yep. don't talk about connection. Right. Guys don't say, oh, I really want to connect with you, Lonnie. Like, no, no, we don't do that. Like, it's, right. that's, that's just at least somebody that this guy who grew up in Jersey in like, you know, the 70s and 80s. Nope, nope, nope. You're not going to do that. Right. So when you say connection, what do you mean by connection? Because I think different people have different thoughts about what connection is, what yeah. connection means, what connection feels like, all of those types of things. And 
I have I have a you know my own personal belief and and how I like to connect with people. But again, I think it's a it's different for for different people. So if you could take a couple of minutes and talk about that, I would really appreciate it. The connection is defined from from the way we practice is connection with ourself, connection with our immediate tribe, our family tribe, our connection then with our workplace and our community, and then our our connection with Mother Earth, Mother Nature, right? Nature. And so there are several levels of connection. And it's experimenting with awareness first of how we feel with ourselves or with the people that we're surrounding ourselves with. And I, I think many people know that when we've got really rich relationships with people and we feel good in our body and the energies good with each other, we want to spend more time with them. So our encouragement is to say, where, where does that happen in your life? When your vibration is really high when you're with someone, how can you get more of that in your life? And then the awareness on the opposite end, where is there the toxic, negative relationship in your life? Notice it, because sometimes we walk around and we don't even know that we're spending time with someone because they're just they're our standard set of circle. We don't actually realize how it, it might not be working. So it's unpacking that awareness and then saying, how do I remove myself? How do I create boundaries there? So it's it's looking at both. And we do that with with all of the foundations. We look at what's nourishing you, what's bringing you pleasure and joy and energy and creativity. How can we fit more of that or concentrated, you know, every now and then taking your two days off and going to the woods? You know, how can we do more of that? And how can we reduce the other stuff that's causing us inflammation and pain and depression and anxiety? Okay. So so in this example, I, I, I'm glad. So Lonnie's, Lonnie's uh, habit of saying, hey, every, every once in a while, I want to do 48 hours of going camping you know, into, into nature and being less connected. That is now generally, Lonnie, tell me if this is true or not. You like to go with someone. You don't you don't genuine generally enjoy going by yourself or do you? I do. You 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 go by yourself. I have no problem going by myself. Zero. So sometimes you go by yourself, but so, yeah. sometimes you like to go with, with someone else. I like to go if it's with people that I've got, you know, some things in, you know, common with I've only gone with one buddy so far. You know what I mean? So I don't know what that experience is going to be like. If he brought somebody I don't know in, you know, on the trip, that's an interesting dynamic because now some of that trip is spent getting to know somebody else. I, I don't know. I'm totally open. I would never say, no, you can't bring anybody else. But I think in a perfect situation is bringing in with somebody that I'm familiar with. We have some history, we have some common things that we can talk about, get caught up on because we're busy in life. We kind of lost touch. So it's an opportunity where there's no distractions. But that's why I have no problem going by myself because it's the same result. I'm being more connection with myself and I'm not necessarily worried about the responsibilities, the deadlines that I have personally with business, with friends, with commitments. You know what I mean? So it can be one of either. When you guys talked about connection, and this is me, 
automatically I think of connection as being social. Mm -hmm. So I'm not the most social person in the world, but that was my instinct. My, mm -hmm. my, my instinct was, hey, connection is somehow being with, talking, talking with, uh, finding out about, you know, sort of bonding with someone else. And that's not necessarily the case is what I'm hearing. Sometimes connection is just connecting with yourself. So Lonnie does it, you know, by, by going out into the woods. You know, I know that, that I do it. Like if, <laughs> if I stretch, if I take like a half an hour and stretch after like, uh, I'm a power lifter. So if I, I don't stretch all that often, but when I do, when I say to myself, Hey, you know what? I want to take like 15 or 20 minutes and stretch and just breathe after, you know, a, a really heavy lift. I think of myself, I think of that as like a treat to myself while at the same time being like really good. And probably in this sense, it's probably a way that I connect with myself. I check in with my body. I check in with how I am feeling physically, how the different muscles are feeling, how my body's feeling. And also probably I'm checking in mental act resting, just taking the brief breath and really just enjoying that moment. That's a means of connections, what I hear you say. Absolutely. What I always do for almost all health and wellness ideas is I always go back to our original form as tribal human beings. You know, when we didn't live with roads and buildings and technology and all this stuff. And we lived in small groups where we were familiar with our group, 50 people say, you know, so we grew up with them. We knew them. We weren't forced to make friends out of people we didn't know before. Maybe we'd come across people we didn't know on our treks and things like that. But, you know, we spent probably a good amount of time alone. We were out in nature. We spent time with our family, with our friends. It was just a regular occurrence of being, being authentically people who we are. We've moved a lot away from that. And so this does get confusing, I think, to a lot of people because, yeah, you can connect with someone over the phone now. You don't have to even look at their faces or you look at their faces on a screen like we are. We're connecting. We're definitely connecting. But it's not quite the same as, you know, if we were sitting knee to knee right now where we, you know, the smells and the body movements and all the other stuff that we're, that's like really the authentic connection that I think we're all missing out on. Ultimately, we, you know, we, we get a lot of it, but we don't get enough of that. And, and to go off on the connection with ourselves too, is that with our interactions with the world and with other people, we ourselves are individuals, we change every day. So it's nice to check in with ourselves to, to get to know ourselves every day in a sense, because through our experiences, our traumas, our, our meeting new people, our going through different things, we change. And so it's simply just keying into ourselves and saying, hey, who, wait, who am I today? I had this experience. So I'm thinking different thoughts than I did yesterday. And maybe I'm a different person than I was yesterday. So let me get to know myself again today. <laughs> so it's, that's just my little riff about connection. Are you looking at the circle of people you spend the most time with, right? And as you get older, those people change. You know, the things that are happening in their life puts them in a different place. So maybe you used to have fun with them, you know, a couple of years ago or even a couple of months ago, but now their energy is off because they're dealing with life in a different way and different things are going on than you are. So you're going to 
have to change sometimes who you're circling yourself around with to make sure you're in a healthy place and staying on the, the right path for you. But that comes with age and experience. And I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? As does so much. Marty and I have been trying to, I've been researching gut health a lot in the last couple of years, which is one of the reasons why I've made the choice to change my diet to not my eating habits to plant-based. Marty still eats meat. Well, we're, we're, we're having conversations about gut health and what that means. So if he and I were coming to you guys and we're saying, how, what's the differences between plant-based and a meat-eating diet and how it relates to gut health and what are habits that each of us should be practicing daily to address a positive gut microbiome? There's a lot to unpack there. I think the first rule that we have come up with at Nourish is that it is how you are feeling when you have that food. How do you feel? How is your energy? How are your migraines? How is your gut? How is your bowel movement? How is your strength training going? How is your attitude? How are your emotions? How is your sleep pattern? There's so much science between the two and the arguments between the two. And um, there's a lot of validity in the two. That's the first answer is how do you feel, look, and perform? How do you feel, look, and perform? And if the answer is I'm feeling great, perhaps continuing on that. But something is great until it's not great anymore. So we always have to be open to thinking about how, how, we're, how we're doing. For example, We've had several clients who have come in being either a meat eater or being completely plant-based and saying, I don't feel good. And so the question is, what can we change up? And we go to all five of the foundations. It's, not, it's never just about food. But our job is to challenge if you're not feeling well, if you've got inflammation, if you're worried about, you know, osteoporosis, or if you're worried about cancer, or if, if there's a worry, there needs to be a little bit more of a discernment on, on what you're eating. So um, to, to your point, that's, so I guess, right. So a question, if we ask Marty in the last month, six months, have you noticed any, have you done anything different in your routine? Or if, if you've been on the same routine and your body's working fine and you have no issues, then does that mean your gut health is in optimal condition? You're doing great? Because with me, that's why I decided to go plant-based because for somebody who's been a pretty strict eater, I've worked out, I've laid it what I consider a pretty good healthy lifestyle for most of my adult life. When I hit 50, like 49, 50, things started flaring up. Inflammation was causing all these different issues. So it was red flags for me. I'm like, something's not right because I take care of myself. This is the rails are going off a little bit on my, my wheel here. You know what I mean? So what, what is wrong with me? So I had to try and identify what it was. And I quickly, re and I tried this program for 30 days and it changed my life. But I guess, Marty, so the question to you is, everything's working fine. There's no issues. You know what I mean? Are you? No, I mean, uh, there's always issues, right? And so I, I think your point in, you know, as we age, you know, those things that we used to be able to, I'm going to say, get away with when we're younger, you know, we're probably able to get away with them a little bit less. And I, I, I feel like I, 
you know, I'm definitely aware of that. So I talked a little bit earlier about my, my fiance, right? So my fiance is very health conscious and she is always trying to take my health to the nth degree. And I am a satisficer, which means that I'm generally happy with really pretty good. You know, like if I can get 80, 90th percentile, I think, wow, that's great because I know how, how hard you have to work to get to like the 98th percentile. Well, she wants to get to the 99th percentile, the 99.5. She's constantly pushing me. Yeah. And one of the things I really, really value is when I was dating you know, dating involves a lot of like dinners and going out and like schmoozing and like, you know, there's some people who you date who like to have a, a few drinks. And at the time I like to have a few drinks. And then you would meet some people who like to have a lot of drinks and they're actually quite a number of people who like to have a lot of drinks. Oh, yeah. And so dating was what I like. One of the hardest parts of dating for me was like, I was like, oh my God, like, I don't want to drink this much. This is women like they, they, they take me under the table. <laughs> like literally, like what one of them made fun of me because I didn't want like what did you say? like uh, <laughs> so I cut down on my drinking so substantially since you know I've been in this relationship. And it's one of the things I I at a bunch of times I've just said that you know, Jyoti, I really, really value the fact that. You know, I just drink so much less when I'm around. I don't have the urge and desire, and and it's it's really wonderful. Well, there are some times that I do like to have a couple of beers. Like, you know, Lottie, I, you and I have watched uh, some mixed martial arts fights. When I watch mixed martial arts fights, I go into old school habits, and I like to have some beers. So, my fiance and I went to. A bar so I could watch the fight without paying $70 to watch it on, on, on cable at home. And when I'm in a bar, I'm going to have a beer or two if I'm watching the fight. So I had a couple of beers. I had, I think, four Corona lights, which is like nothing. I'm doing that. I'm almost 200 pounds. And I was just getting over like a little tickle in my throat. And the next day after those four Corona, I was. Ah, oh, this is bad. Like, you know, it may just be a coincidence, but I don't think so. I think my body basically was telling me, you know what? You can't do this at all when you have the least problem. Like, if you're 100% perfect, you go out and I guess you can have four coronas. It's not going to do any lasting damage. It'll be all right. But if you have even the slightest tickle, if you have anything, no, I'm going to make you pay for that decision. And <laughs> my body made me pay. So I realized that, you know, there, there are some things that I just can't get away with at the, you know, for sure at the level that I used to and not even at half the level that I'd be able to use to. So I, I, for me, alcohol is one of those things I, I, I you know what, I, my body has just gotten used to not having not having to yeah. deal with it and it I, I think it really you know i better be in tip-top shape if i'm gonna have you know four drinks right yeah and i take away good awareness yeah for the average everyday person what are kind of red flags that we should identify with that has something to do with what's going on with 
their gut health? Our gut health is sort of the, um, it, it tells us that our body is not healthy. It's not, it's not just our gut. Our gut is sort of the master, the master of our whole body. So if our gut is off, so many of our other systems will be off. And I'd have to say, probably the average American doesn't have the best gut health. And that's because the average American is eating refined processed foods, lots of sugar, probably not getting a whole lot of water, probably having, um, you know, artificial ingredients in their food, but also artificial fragrances. Uh, they're probably, you know, not exercising enough to kind of get rid of that stuff. There's so many pra- there's so many average American practices that create ill health and ill gut health. So it's not just one thing. It's so many things. And it might show up as um, poor sleep. It might show up as being just exhausted all the time. It might show up as having joints that hurt. I mean, I could name probably 10,000 things that it can show up as. And again, every individual is different. And so there are very obvious gut problems, leaky gut being one of them. And and there's you know, people who are celiac or very sensitive to gluten, that's probably the most popular, um, not popular, most famous way of knowing people have leaky gut. Um, but people have leaky gut from other things as well. Um, and that just means that your gut has little teeny tiny holes and those, and that's getting into the rest of your body and throughout the rest of your system that doesn't need those kinds of proteins and other chemicals in it. So it's, it's inflaming your whole body. You know, to stay healthy in your gut is generally to have general practices of healthy lifestyle like we've been talking about. It's, it's eating mostly real whole foods. And Marty, to your, to your ideas is yes, 80, 20. We, we believe in the 80, 20 rule, you know, absolutely. And maybe, maybe some people's rule is 90, 10 or 95, (laughs) five, Whatever your rule is, but we need that that elbow room. We need that little flexibility because we cannot be perfect because there's no such thing. And trying to be perfect is isn't isn't healthy anyway. It can be a, a super stressor and right. be, be the thing we need to let go of to actually feel better. Right. Exactly. So it's keeping those practices again the five foundations of health. It's keeping those practices real whole foods as much as possible. Lots and lots of vegetables, whether you're a meat eater or not. It's lots of vegetables. Fruits and vegetables absolutely should take up most of your plate anyway. You know, and we're, we don't care about meat eating, not eat meat eating. It's whatever works for you. And, you know, I, I'm an advocate of the blood type way of eating. And I believe that, you know, that that's a big factor too. But it's, it's a matter of what works for you and what your, what your gut needs. So maybe Marty's gut, his microbiome, maybe he has the bacteria that can really digest meat very well. And it's yeah. good for him. It's meant to do that. Whereas you might not, you might not be able to digest meat very well. Your, yeah. your bacteria might, your bacteria might be, struggle with that and make you feel ill about it. So again, it's very, very much an individual. Specific thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For my own personal journey is that I, I, I went vegetarian for two years and then vegan for six months because I love animals that it was a moral issue for it was it was a personal thing it was moral for me and then literally and my husband and I did this together and then he literally woke up for every day for a week dreaming of chickens 
he finally said, I I wanna have I wanna have chicken. And so we did again. We were like, Yeah, I feel better. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so it was it worked until for us it didn't work anymore. And I just was with a client today and she had dreams for years of being a hunter gatherer of killing animals and she was a staunch vegan and every practitioner of eastern and western medicine who did blood work and had consults with her to said you need to go eat some meat every single one of them yeah all over the world all over the world she literally did a lot of traveling when she started eating animal and she doesn't eat a ton of it she just when she eat she feels better and so that's just that these are just our personal journeys our stories so yeah you know i i read recently you know i've been researching you know the five blue zones that are out there yep, yep. most yep. of them predominantly plant-based but they do eat some meat and then i i've read somewhere recently the technical definition of plant-based it's basically the 80-20 rule. Yeah. They eat some meat, but it's predominantly vegetables on the plate, fruits, legumes, beans, everything else. So I've been bending a little bit. <laughs> I had some fish recently. If, if I go out to restaurants with my wife, you know, and they bring out, you know, some bread that has a layer of butter on it, I don't, you know, I'll eat it. I'm not that strict, you know, I just, at home, I don't cook. I make her, she loves, she, she loves chicken. So I cook, I do all the cooking and I don't mind making her chicken, but I just try at home to just eat nothing but plants and I feel great. But anyways, that's, <laughs> but you're right. It's, I, I identified some things that were going on with me and I wanted to try something different and it works for me. I don't preach it. I don't tell people, man, you should do this. You should do that. Unless they start coming to me like, man, I'm having this issue. I'm having that issue. And I'm like, well, have you tried this? Because that's how I. It was referred to me, and yeah. that's why I tried it. But yeah, all right. Well, this we're getting to the end of it. I want to give you guys the opportunity to tell us about your podcast, Nourish Nashes, um, and what you guys are doing with that right now, and how you guys got started with the podcast, and where you're trying to go with it here in the future. <laughs> yeah, the podcast. Um, I've been listening to podcasts for since they start came out. You know, so it's been something that. It's my it's my education. It's my continuing education or podcast, to be honest. I learn so much every single day. I'm listening to something and learning. And so um, about five, six years ago, I said to Wendy, you know, we should have a podcast. You know, we why not? <laughs> People have always said that our dynamic is good, the way we, we talk with each other, the way we share information. And so we decided to start a podcast and um, called it Nourish Noshes, which was it's kind of a funny name too, because it's about it really was is about food in a lot of ways, but of course about all of health and wellness. And in there, we have we talk. It's the two of us talking half the time about a topic, usually something that clients have come up with questions or things that have gotten under our skin, <laughs> and we want to talk about it. Uh, we also interview people that have inspired us, people who are doing really cool things. And uh, hopefully are interesting to other people. So that's that's what it is. Is there anything else you want to say about it? Yeah, it, I, I think like so many people, our 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 mission truly is to help the world become a healthier place, and we want to raise the energy and the vibration and and uh, feel feel good. And so that is our free way, our our way of giving freely 
of service to anyone who wants to do some exploration, get curious about their health and and do the work. Greg, yeah, check out some of your episodes. I love some of the content you guys are providing for your listeners. Um, definitely going to listen to some more. And for all you listeners out there, if you want to check out their website, learn more about their one-on-one coaching, their meal planning, it's a lot of good, a lot of uh, interesting things they're they're doing for people that just want to better their better their daily lives and, and just get on a better road to living a well-balanced lifestyle. So for their website and their Instagram pages, and I'm going to have links to their podcast in the show notes of this episode. So if you haven't done so yet, make sure you liked it. If you enjoyed the conversation, leave us a review. That would be great. Um, and hopefully you've subscribed by now. If you haven't, make sure you subscribe so you get notifications when the new episodes drop. 